Amen. Please remain standing as we read our scripture reading this morning. The first one comes to us from Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. The power of the Word of God, the effectiveness of the Word of God in the life of all who hears the Word of Christ. And then our text this morning comes from John 4, 46 to 54. So Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent. The Gospel of John, chapter 4, beginning from verse uh, 46 to 54. This is the healing of uh, the son of the, the official from Capernaum. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son. So he was at the point of death. For he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Amen. Let's pray. A gracious and heavenly Father, as we now come to the hearing of your word, here in this place and at the church where our brother Ben is exhorting, we ask you to use the proclamation of your word for the joy and the instruction and edification of your people. Help us to divide your word aright and faithfully. And use it through the ministry of the Holy Spirit to transform the lives of those who are unconverted. 
and to conform the lives of those who are already believers to the image and the likeness of your Son, Jesus Christ. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our journey through the Gospel of John has been interrupted for the past two Sundays because of Christmas and New Year. And because of that, I wonder how many of you remember where in the Gospel of John we have arrived and how the message and the teaching of this book is progressing or developing before our eyes to show us who Jesus is, to show us that Jesus is indeed the Christ, the Son of God. Let me refresh your memory this, this morning where we are the last time we together considered the Gospel of John. You remember the Samaritans who heard the testimony of the woman from their town. The woman who met Jesus at the well of Jacob. And Jesus told, told her everything about her life, her past life, her present life. And her eyes were opened and she saw that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. She went to the town and she told everyone about Jesus. I hope you remember that. I also hope that you remember the crowd, the people in the town, asked Jesus to stay among them for more days, and Jesus stayed in Samaria for two more days, teaching the kingdom of God and his righteousness to the people. And in verse 42, this is what they told to the woman. They say to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said, that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. The people in Samaria told the women, listen, we didn't come to faith because of what you told us. Thank you for telling us about Jesus. But we came to faith because we heard the words of Christ from Christ himself, directly from him. Do you know what the people of Samaria were telling the women and all of us this morning? They were telling everyone that faith comes from hearing the word of Christ. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. The way people come to Christ is by faith. And the way believers live their life is by faith. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul tells us, For we walk, we live by faith, not by sight. The Samaritans told the women and all of us this morning, We are the people who walk by faith not by sight. You see, this was the time that Jesus and his ministry on earth 
was surrounded by people who were running after miracles, signs, and wonders. People who were living their life by sight, not by faith. People who fixed their eyes and their, their faith on um, signs and wonders and miracles that Jesus was per per performing, not in his word. And for that reason, God the Holy Spirit is now leading us to Jesus' second miracle. After turning the water into wine in Cana of Galilee, Jesus healed the son of this, uh, this nobleman, a Herodian man from Capernaum. That was his second miracle. Why? Why a second miracle? The healing of the official son. Why? What is the Holy Spirit doing? What is God teaching us through his word this morning? The reason is this. After the tur turning the water into wine in, in Cana of Galilee, the Holy Spirit, through the, of, to, to the healing of the official son, is teaching us about the preeminence of faith in the word of Christ over signs and wonders. The superiority of the word of God over signs and miracles and, and wonders. And the Holy Spirit does that under Christ's omnipotence over all things. This morning, by God's grace, I want us to consider three things together as we consider the omnipotence of Christ, the, the preeminence of the Word of God, the Word of Christ over miracles and signs and wonders. First, I want us to consider the omni, omnipotence missed. You see that in verse 46 to 48. And then omnipotence manifested in verse 49 and 50. And then proper response to Christ's omnipotence. Omnipotence means Christ being all-powerful. Christ's power being unlimited and unbound by space and time and even the power of sickness. He is omnipotent. So first, uh, omnipotence missed. So he came to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now I want you all to remember that all this happened after the Galileans welcomed Jesus. It was very strange, unusual for the Galileans to welcome Jesus to their, to their town again. But do you know why they welcomed him? They welcomed him because of the miracles and signs and wonders that he was doing. Our text tells us that very clearly. They didn't welcome him because they loved the word of Christ. They didn't welcome him because they wanted to deal with their sin. 
and come to Jesus by faith. But they want to enjoy signs and wonders and miracles. Their, their heart was far from Christ, but they were sticking with what Jesus was doing, specifically signs and miracles and wonders. That was the huge problem of the day. People running after signs, wonders, and miracles. And a man in Capernaum, who was a nobleman, a man of rank, heard about Jesus. Now remember, this man was an official of Herod, Herod of Antipas. You remember Herod Antipas who, who slaughtered John the Baptist? This man was the manager of the royal household. A man of high rank. A man of wealth, fame, and power in Israel, in Capernaum, 20 miles away from where Jesus was at the time. But this man, with all his rank, with all his wealth, with all his power, he was carrying this terrible burden as a father. His son was sick. His son was at the point of death. This man heard about Jesus. He heard that Jesus was healing the sick, doing signs and miracles. And this man decided to go to Jesus. To take a journey of 20 miles away. He decided to leave his wife and his sick son. Uh, do, you, do you see some level of faith? In the life of this man, this noble man, his faith was not perfect. His faith was not saving faith. But he had some kind of faith. I call it feeble faith. I call it weak faith. But he had some kind of faith. If not, he would never leave his child who was at the point of death. He would not leave his, uh, his, his place of rank and fame and come to this stranger, a Jew, by the name Jesus? He believes something about Jesus. You see some level of faith here? Now listen to his request in verse 47. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him, implored him, begged him. That's the, the correct word. Implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, this man came to the right person. This, this man came to Jesus. But this man was missing something important, something crucial. This man was missing that Jesus was God, that Jesus is omnipotent. His power, his authority is unlimited. But this man was limiting Jesus with space and time. Notice he said to Jesus, Come to Capernaum. 
Come to Capernaum, to the room where my son uh, lies. Come to his room, touch him, heal him. The only way my son would be healed is with your physical presence in Capernaum. If my son is going to be healed, you have to be there. You have to come to Capernaum. You see what he's missing. He's missing the fact that Jesus is omnipotent. That he's God. Even disease will never limit Jesus. The condition of sin. You know, the sick young man was in Capernaum and Jesus in, in Galilee is not going to limit him. He's God. He's Jesus. But this man, you see, knew Jesus as a healer. He knew Jesus as a prophet who received power from above, divine power to heal the sick. But he never recognized Jesus as God, as the Messiah, as the Christ. You see, beloved, this is crucial for your prayer life. When you pray to God, when you pray to God through Christ, if you don't recognize God as, as an omnipotent God, boundless, limitless God, your prayer will never be effective. It will be a weak prayer, missing who God is, who Jesus is. And notice to Jesus' response. Simply because Jesus is God. Simply because this man was missing who, God, who Jesus is. We read in Psalm 115, verse 3, Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. This man never understood that. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Was Jesus being unkind to this man? Was Jesus pushing out this man from his presence? I'm not interested to help you. You don't even recognize my omnipotence. No, no, that's not what Jesus was doing. Jesus was addressing the issue of the day. People living their lives for the sake of miracles and signs and wonders. Jesus was addressing this issue. Jesus was rebuking not only the man, but also the whole nation of Israel. Why are you people come after me for the sake of signs and wonders and miracles? Why do you go to the temple? Why do you go to the meeting where I teach and preach? Not to hear the word of God. Not to fix your eyes in the word of God and trust and rest in the word of Christ. But in miracles, signs and wonders. You see, that was a rebuke. That was a rebuke. You know, in verse 42, what we see is, you know, the Samaritans, they say to the woman, it is no longer because of what you say that we believe. What we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. You see, they heard the teaching of Christ, the word of Christ. They believed in the word of Christ. They never demanded for signs and wonders and miracles. 
My challenge to all of you this morning is, are you a Galilean or a Samaritan? That's my challenge to all of you. Are you a Galilean or a Samaritan? Are you after signs, wonders, and miracles, or the Word of Christ? The sufficient Word of God, powerful to heal, transform, and change. That was the issue here. That's why Jesus rebuked this man and the whole Israel. Jesus was rebuking both the man and the nation. Jesus was saying, because you are miracle and healing seekers, you have no regard to my word. Let me tell you what I heard recently, true story. A friend of mine was invited to preach in a certain church in, uh, somewhere in Dallas. And when he arrived to the church, a healing program, some kind of healing program was going on. And my friend came into to the church. They welcomed him to sit. And there was this healing program. And then after the healing program was concluded, he was invited to come to the podium and preach. And as, as my friend was coming to the podium, people started leaving. Because for them, what was important was the healing session, not the preaching of the word of God. And my friend told me, the place left with half of the people who were there. No regard, regard for the word of God. No interest in the word of God. But they were in church. They claimed to be Christians. And they walked out over God's word. That's what Jesus is dealing with here. Are you for the word of God? For the word of Christ or for miracles? And signs and wonders. And we come to omnipotence manifested. You see, Jesus rebuked him. He showed him where he was wrong. And then Jesus said to him, the official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Another mistake. You see what he missed again? He missed that Jesus had the power to raise the dead. He did that with Lazarus. He did that with the daughter of Jairus. He also missed the fact that there is life after death. So he was telling Jesus, unless you heal him now, after he dies, there is nothing he can do. Oh, there are a lot of things that Jesus can do. He can raise him from the dead. And he can usher him and welcome him into his kingdom like the thief on the cross. He missed that. But Jesus said to him, Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. Verse 50 is where this remarkable and glorious change came into the life of this nobleman. 
The moment Jesus said to him, Go, your son will leave. The word, you know, the moment Jesus spoke those words with authority, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the man who never understood uh, Jesus' uh, omnipotence, the godliness of Jesus, believed in Jesus Christ. Those powerful words of Christ, full of promise and assurance, changed his heart and his mind, and he believed it. He came to faith. That was saving faith. Because we, we don't see him arguing with Jesus. But you have to be in Capernaum. You have to be there. Your, 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 you know, your physical presence is, is needed, required. Nothing like that. Everything was, you know, all was gone from his mind and his heart. And he said to himself, this man is the Christ. This man is God. What he's telling me is right. I have to go home and see my son. He believed in Christ. You see what happened? He believed before he saw. He started living and walking his life by faith, not by sight. Isn't that the very definition of faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's exactly what took place in his life. He was not in Capernaum. You know, beloved, I always picture his wife and his child. This man was in Galilee with Jesus. They were in Capernaum. I always picture the son saying to his mom, 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 mom! I feel great. No fever. Let me get up from the bed and eat food. And it was not like today. You know, if you were the wife, what would you do? Pick your phone, you know, cell phone, call your husband. There was no cell phone. But it's amazing. It's amazing. See, the man had the faith of Hebrews 11.1 Faith, beloved, is trusting and resting in God's word. We read, we, we, we heard the reading from Isaiah 55. My word that comes out from my mouth will never come, to, come back to me, will never return to me in vain, but it will accomplish everything for which it is purposed for. The word of Christ. Jesus was in Galilee. The sick young man was in Capernaum. But his word accomplished what God purposed in the life of that young man. What God purposed in the life of this noble man. Isn't that amazing, you see? You always think, you know, oh, Jesus was healing the body of the young man. Yes, Jesus was healing the body of the young man, but Jesus was, healing the, was also healing the soul of the man. That was his main interest, to bring this man to faith through the healing of his son. Through him believing in uh, the omni, omnipotent power of Christ. 
Thirdly, we see the response to Christ's omnipotence. Listen to what happened. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. What do you see here? He thought it was a process. He thought, you know, some kind of process, you know, healing process is taking place in the body of his son. But his servants told him, no, 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 no. It was not like that. The fever left him. He's well. It was instant. It was not a process. And the man asked them, when did that happen? Yesterday at the seventh hour, the exact time and moment that Jesus told him, go, your son will live. Exact time. His son was completely healed. Beloved, do you see Christ's omnipotent power here? If he's willing, if he's pleased, he can do that in the life of any child of God. Some people say, you Presbyterians, you don't even believe in God's healing power. No, we believe in God's healing power. Even today, God is able to heal the sick. What we teach people is, we don't live for miracles and healing and wonders. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. And we believe by faith in the word of Christ. The man came home. He saw his son completely healed. Listen to what happened. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed it. What's going on here? Because he believed it already. Why is he believing again? What, what, what's happening here? Now, you see, the, the, the healing is confirmed in his own eyes. He believed in Caper when, when he was in Galilee. Now he came to Capernaum and he saw what Jesus said to him. The word of Christ was confirmed in his own eyes. And then he believed even in the teaching of Jesus in the kingdom of God. He started telling his family members who Jesus was and his whole household came to faith. Have you seen that? The covenantal promise of God was fulfilled in that household. What covenantal promise? Acts 2, 38, 39. And Peter said to them, repent and baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. For the promise is for you and for your children and, to, and for all who are far off whom our God calls to himself. The promise of salvation is to you and then your children after. This was fulfilled in his house. 
Listen, this was not fulfilled in his house through baptism. Through the preaching of the word of God. Through the testimony of the work of God's grace. He, the members of his family, his wife, his children, believed. They were believed and they were saved. They had a saving faith in their life. God can do the same in your family. If you believe in him. This morning, again, I challenge all of us, including myself. Are you a Galilean or a Samaritan? Are you for the word of Christ or his miracles and signs? You see, the Lord is teaching us by his word through this healing to be like the Samaritans. To say to our own life and other people, I believe because I heard the word of Christ. I believe and rest in the word of Christ. Do you remember what Jesus told Thomas? One of his, one of his disciples who refused to believe. He told the other disciples, unless I see him by my own eyes, I'm not going to believe. And Jesus showed up to the house where they were. And he said to Thomas this, Thomas, come and touch me. See my wounds. Touch them. But let me tell you this, Thomas. Blessed are those who believe without sin. Blessed are those who believe without sin. It doesn't mean they are not going to see. It doesn't mean the promise of God is not going to be confirmed to them. What it means is whether they see or not, they believe. They believe in the omnipotent power of Christ. Is that who you are this morning? Let me leave you with this question. And I want to encourage all of you to, even to have a discussion about this after worship, any, any time, any day. Are you a Galilean or a Samaritan? Let's pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we rejoice in the provision of your word for us. Your word makes the simple wise. Your word convicts us. Your word shines light upon us. Even to see the glory of Christ in the word of God. Although this morning we pray that you would help each and every one of us. To be like the Samaritans. Not the Galileans but the Samaritans. Not for signs, wonders and miracles. But for the word of Christ. To believe in Christ the rock of our salvation. The living and the written word of God. Christ, the wisdom of God. Help us to believe and rest in him by faith. In his name we pray. Amen.